As a family, one of the things we have always tried to do is we have tried to eat dinner together. This has gotten a little harder as the kids have gotten older and gotten more involved with activities and sports. But when they were younger, we were able to do this every night. And I can remember when they were younger, every night when we would sit down, we would face the same problem. What would happen is we would generally make dinner and we would serve our plates at the island in our kitchen. Trisha and I would sit down at the ends of the table and then the children would come to sit down and that's when the problem would emerge. You see, we have three children, but only two can sit next to mom. And so the same conversation happened every night. I want to sit next to mom tonight. No, you sat next to her last night. And they would begin to bicker back and forth until eventually somebody, one of the children, would take pity on me and make the sacrifice and sit next to me. I hope I'm not the only father who has encountered this. They would make the sacrifice. Today in our reading from Hebrews, this word sacrifice pops up. And in fact, sacrifice is a, is a pretty big theme in the book of Hebrews. And so as I've been reflecting on this passage this week, I've been thinking a lot about that word sacrifice and, and what it means to make a sacrifice. You know, how we use that word in our culture, how we understand it, uh, compared to how the Scripture understands that word, sacrifice. C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Screwtape Letters, which I know many of you have, have read, uh, in the book you have a, a fictional account of a senior devil talking to a junior devil, writing the junior devil letters. And the senior devil is teaching the junior devil the tricks of the trade, how to tempt humanity. And he also shares with the junior devil uh, how uh, hell works. And in one of his letters, uh, the senior devil says that in hell they have a department. And it's called the philological department. And what the devils do in the, the philological department is they take words, words that have profound and rich and deep meaning, words that teach us about ourselves, teach us about God, and about our relationship with God. And the devils, they, they take these words and they twist them. They, they warp them ever so slightly to make the word unattractive to us so that we don't want to use it, we don't want to reflect on it. And I think that's happened with the word sacrifice. When we use the word sacrifice, just in our day-to-day -day conversation, it's similar uh, to the way that I used it in that opening story. We tend to, to use it in a negative way, a kind of martyring way. We say, I'll make the sacrifice. I'll sacrifice for him or for her. Which basically means that you don't you don't get your way and you're not happy about it, but you, you do it. You give in to what needs to be done. So the focus there of, of sacrifice is the act 
of giving something up. That's what we mean typically when we use that word sacrifice. We give something up. And yet the biblical meaning of the word is much more rich and profound. Mitch Album, he's a popular writer, and he has this great little one-sentence quote about sacrifice. And I think this, this helps move us in the direction of the, the biblical usage of the word. He writes this, Sometimes when you sacrifice something precious, you're not really losing it. You're just passing it on to someone else. Sacrifice as the act of passing it on to someone else. I think that's, I think that's helpful. When you look at the scriptures, and especially the Old Testament, uh, you see sacrifice appearing very early on. Cain and Abel, they sacrifice uh, in Genesis chapter 4. And after that, everybody seems to be sacrificing to God. You've got the patriarchs, you've got the prophets, you've got priests, you have kings, you have common men and women. They're all sacrificing. And sacrifice begins to define their relationship with God. To, to be in relationship with God entails sacrificing to Him. Now, sacrifice, uh, it all gets discussed and um, codified in the Jewish law. Israel is very interested in getting sacrifice right. So there's a lot in the Old Testament about sacrifice. But when you read it, I think there are three main points to see. First, in the Old Testament sacrificial system, the first thing you see is that sacrifice always involves stuff, material things, bulls, grain, lambs. People sacrifice stuff. And this isn't just any stuff. It's not random stuff. This is the stuff of their lives. These were the animals that they raised, they depended on. This was the grain that they planted and they harvested. The stuff that they sacrificed was the stuff of their lives, the very best stuff of their lives. And so in a sense, what they're doing when they bring this stuff and sacrifice it to God in a sense, they are symbolically sacrificing or offering themselves. This stuff, it represents who they are, and they bring this to God as they bring themselves to God. Now, the second thing we see in the sacrificial system is that even though this stuff that represented them, even though it was the best that they had, they don't bring it to God to gain his approval. Even though it was the best they had, there was an acknowledgement that it still wasn't good enough. And so what they did is they would put it on the altar to see what God would do with it, to see if he could do anything better with it. They would pass it on to God. And then thirdly, what would happen? Well, the priest would build a fire in this gift that represented themselves. 
it would burn on the altar. And the fire would transform the gift. The gift would be transformed into smoke, into fragrance, something pleasing to God. See, God would take the gift and he would do something with it, make it pleasing to him. And then the priest would always declare the people restored, accepted, and whole. You see, at the center of the Old Testament sacrificial system is the truth of God's love, God's desire for relationship with us. This promise that if you brought yourself before God and offered yourself to Him, all of yourself, the good, the bad, what you've done right, what you've done wrong, if you put yourself up there on the altar, God would do something with you. He would make you whole and acceptable and restored to Him. Now, I mentioned that we find this theme of sacrifice in Hebrews. Hebrews is is all about sacrifice, and specifically, it wants to talk to us about the sacrifice of Jesus. And what Hebrews says is that the ritual sacrifices in the Old Testament, it says that there was a problem with them, that these sacrifices didn't really work the way they were supposed to work. These sacrifices, this, this ritualized form of bringing ourselves before God, offering ourselves fully to Him, they didn't work because they were incomplete. You see, when we come before God to offer ourselves to Him, we often don't bring our best, and we almost never, if ever, bring our full self to Him. So much of our lives, we hide away from God. We might offer part of our lives to Him, but there's always that part we hold back. We, we hide it, just like Adam and Eve hid in the garden from God. And so because we don't fully give ourselves to Him, fully surrender, we're not made whole, we're not made complete because we don't allow God to do that work of transformation and renewal. But you see, here is the the promise of, of Hebrews, and it's part of the Christian hope. And that is that Jesus gave himself completely and fully to God. In his life and in his death, he held nothing back, and that made him perfect. In our last line from our reading, we read this, although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered, and having been made perfect, not so much a moral perfection, but a relational perfection, Having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. He had this perfect relationship with the Father. He gave himself fully to the Father. And as a result of this, we're told later in Hebrews, this is the quote, that we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Jesus gave that sacrifice that we can't. 
And when Jesus did this, when he made this perfect offering, fully gave himself, well, what, what did God do? Well, God does what he always does when we offer or sacrifice something to him, when we pass it on to him. He transformed this gift. God took the life of Jesus and then he gave it back. But he gave it back in a new, a new way, a transformed and restored way, a resurrected way. So how does this affect us? And what does this mean for us? Well, you see, we gather every Sunday to relive the sacrifice of Jesus. That's what we're doing in the Eucharist. We're reliving that that sacrifice. Now, why? Well, it's because that we are not meant to just talk about the sacrifice of Jesus, reflect on it, uh, this thing that happened 2,000 years ago. No, the invitation for us is to enter into the sacrifice of Jesus and to get in on what Jesus has done. This thing that we can't fully do, we, we can't sacrifice ourselves completely, we get in on it with Jesus. And when we get in on this sacrifice, we experience through that the wholeness that God brings, the restoration and acceptance that sacrifice to God brings, because that's how sacrifice works. That's what we come to do every Sunday. It's what we come to do today. We have come today to make sacrifice. In one of the Eucharistic prayers that we read, and this is right after the wine and bread are consecrated, the priest says this, says it for all of us. And we earnestly desire your fatherly goodness to accept our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, whereby we offer and present to you ourselves, our souls, and bodies. Echoes Romans 12 when Paul says, bring yourselves, your bodies to God as a living sacrifice. And that's a, that's a bold thing to say that we're going to bring ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. And it's a bold thing to do. But we do it because that's what relationship with God looks like. Sacrifice. And so I do think it's worth thinking about in our own lives what sacrifice looks like. Right? How am I sacrificing? I mean, ultimately, uh, that's a question about stewardship. How am I offering myself to God? And, and one thing I would, would say, and I think this is important for us, is that our sacrifice, as we think about this, our sacrifice cannot be mere sentiment. It can't be just feeling, right? In my heart, I give myself to God. It can't be that because we too easily trick ourselves. Just like in the Old Testament, it has to involve stuff. It involves the stuff of our lives. 
time, talent, and treasure, wealth. In the Old Testament, they gave bulls and grain and, and sheep. Uh, they gave these things because that was their, their life, their livelihood. That was their wealth. But for most of us, not all of us, but for most of us, our wealth is our money. And we are called to sacrifice it. And the key thing here is that when we give of ourselves in this way, when we give our wealth, when we give our money, you can't think about it as just giving something up. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this to help pay the light bills at the church. Now, the light bills are paid that way, but what you're really doing is you're offering yourself back to God, which, of course, involves necessarily the stuff of your life. And that's why people, they, they testify uh, when they talk about giving. We hear this all the time in stewardship talks. They talk about how in the act of giving, sacrificial giving, they feel closer to God. And it's not because they've earned this closeness, but rather this act of sacrificing is the act of opening oneself up and offering oneself to God. So of course there is that closeness. And so what I encourage you to do in this stewardship season, which we've just entered into, I encourage you to think about your giving as an act of sacrifice. Not just the act of giving something up, but an act in which you can give yourself more fully to God because that's what we're called to do and that's what relationship with God looks like. It's sacrifice. Our sacrifices, we, we know they will be incomplete. We try to offer ourselves more and more to God. That's what the spiritual life really looks like, this surrendering more and more to Him. So we try to do this, but we, but we know that's not our ultimate hope. We sacrifice ourselves to God, knowing that our ultimate hope lies in Jesus and in the perfect sacrifice that He has made for us, the sacrifice that He invites us to participate in and share in with Him. Amen.